Season Savers is brought to you by DHS Press for all the news the Titans need to know. Make sure to check out Teacher Tuesday with Mr. Kumfaw by me, where you can learn all about Mr. Kumfaw's life, Expanding the Breakfast Club by Mia, and Fantasy Football Talk for Week 11 by me. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. Hello and welcome to another episode of Season Saviors. I'm Ian Whitfield, joined here, of course... By Shane Riley. Shane, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Ian. Another fantastic week of fantasy football in the books as we'll be reviewing uh, Week 10 and previewing Week 11 as we get, obviously, into our starts and sits. Uh, I want to go ahead and kick it off by starting out with our standouts. Yeah, we're going to start us off with my quarterback, Josh Allen. Um, He's a top 10 quarterback right now, as most people might not really expect, Shane. He's having a really good season. He's put up now 21.3, 17.3, 17.6, and 25.4 in his past four games, He say, or since the bye week. He looks really strong. And even with the lack of passing yards, like he only is putting up about 200 passing yards per game. And if on a good day, he's going near 300, but rare, very rarely is he doing that. He just gets so much production with his legs, and he finds the end zone with his legs, which is actually more points than a passing touchdown. In his... In all his games this year, he has six rushing touchdowns as a quarterback in the NFL, which is really rare to find. And that's just so many bonus points. And he's he's getting over five rushing attempts in every single game so far this year, except for the one against Miami. And he's gone north of 30 or 25 rushing yards in nearly every single game except for two this year. Yeah, I think he honestly is probably one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league. I mean, without a doubt, you know, obviously like Lamar Jackson and then Russell Wilson, but uh, only only Lamar Jackson really has those designed runs for him. I think that the Bills really know how to use Josh Allen in his big frame and that he can use his legs. I think that uh, one area of concern for Allen is that he does have quite a quite a few fumbles this year. Um, you know, he had a week where he had three. He had a, he added another one this week, um, but. His, he also has seven interceptions to ten passing touchdowns on the year, which is not that big of a deal in my opinion because he's added six rushing touchdowns, which is an additional two points uh, per touchdown each week. So, I mean, I think that the the fumbles are kind of a minor concern in turnovers. He's still a young QB, still finding his way, but he's still be, being able to produce big numbers yeah, each the, week. The Bills have really used Josh Allen well, and even though he might isn't an elite passer, they're using his strengths to the team's advantage, and they're putting him in mid-level check, or not check downs, but he, his strength is the mid-level, and they're using him really well to find mid-level passes and then using their speedy wide receivers, Cole Beasley, John Brown, to get passing or yards after the catch. And the Bills are using him really well, sitting at 6-3, and three, and even with him not putting up big yardage, as we've mentioned, he's still a very viable fantasy quarterback with his legs and touchdown um, ability with his legs. Well, I mean, he did throw a respectable 266 yards last yeah. week. So, I mean, that's still not terrible. very yeah. solid. Uh, heading into our second one, Shane, you want to start us off with Ronald Jones. I know he's someone that you have a lot of experience with. Yeah, I drafted him in the season with kind of like hopes as maybe he'll become like a flex play, and really he's been inconsistent at best. He really solidified himself as a wide receiver, in yeah. my opinion. Uh even though he is a running back, he caught eight balls for 77 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, his rushing numbers are very concerning, in my opinion, as he rushed 11 times for 29 yards, so he's under three yards per carry. Um, but I guess the Buccaneers are 
using him to his strengths um, out of the backfield, which is catching the ball. Um, going forward, he is only on the field for at most around 50% of the snaps. So he isn't on the field that often, which, you know, it shows that in his limited snap count that he is able to produce because he was target, targeted 19 times. He had 19 touches in just 40 downs. Yeah, it's Ronald Jones for me is a really interesting fantasy play. He's a running back 27, and when you look at that initially, you're like, oh, like, you're, that's a flex starter. That's someone you can put in your lineup if you need someone on buy, and he's solid. I'm, I'm on the verge of wanting to trust Ronald Jones. Like, I really am. But the fact, eight receptions in uh, last week, amazing, solid, put up over 20 fantasy points. But before that game, he hadn't broken two receptions in a game before that. So... I, they do want to get him the ball. You can see it anytime he's on the field. And since week five, he only has 11 carries. He hasn't broken 11 carries since week five. My bad. So for me, it's a question of how much, how many touches is he really going to get per game as a running back in the Tampa Bay offense? It's not, they're more of a vertical team with Jameis Winston who can kind of just sling it and they're going to be behind. So you're going to look at more shootouts. It's less running or less rushing attempts for Ronald Jones, who also, as we mentioned, by the 50% field usage, is splitting touches also with Peyton Barber. So Ronald Jones, if he gets more of a featured role, has the potential to be a great fantasy play. And that's why I'm on the verge. I just want to see that field usage go up. Yeah, I think that, that split really can hurt a fantasy running back, especially, you know, he's not going to get fifty the ball 50% of the time when he's on the field uh, every, every game. So uh, moving on to our next guy, we're going to go right into Christian Kirk, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, Ian. Yeah, Christian Kirk is a guy that I'm kind. I kind of like. Like, if I had to buy or sell on him, I'd buy him. And it, it, he's wide receiver 29 right now. When healthy, he hasn't had. He's only had two games under double digits. One was against San Francisco, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a a pass on that. But after that, his lowest game is 8.3 point performance against Seattle, who's also got another very good defense. And yes, he's in a tough division, but he's got relatively easy games. He's in an offense where there's a run, so many running back questions with David Johnson's always constantly questionable. And it sounds like he's not going to, they might, there's a chance they're going to shut him down for the rest of the season and just focus on Kenyon Drake, who's still new to the team and he's still trying to find his role also. So there's still question marks there. And Fitz has looked really bad in the past few weeks. So Kirk is a number one wide receiver in an offense that needs to pass a lot. And Kyler Murray is a decent enough quarterback that he can get him the ball and has shown that he has a lot of trust in Kirk. Yeah, I think that it was a huge breakout game for him as he put up, you know, the three touchdowns, six receptions, and 138 yards. But these are his first three touchdowns of the season. Yeah, there's, yeah, that's a lot of the big question. Which I think, uh, obviously, anyone who can catch a touchdown every week would be is a great fantasy wide receiver. But I think that these are his only, these are his first three of the year, which is an area of concern because you know sometimes wide receivers, you know, they get a lot of targets but they don't have the catches, and that touchdown can really help them out. So a guy that cannot get that many touch touchdowns is kind of kind of a hurt. But I think that something that is very very great to see is that he has had at least five targets or more in in all of his games that he's played this season. Uh, I think he did did have a bit of an injury problem as he's only played in eight games, but he went north of ten targets four times uh, this week, included in that as he he had ten, but he's had twelve uh, and like eleven targets throughout the season so I think that he's getting a lot of looks from rookie quarterback Kyler Murray and I think that is very great to see and obviously any number one wide receiver uh, is someone that you should be able to 
feel confident if this continues, I would, you know, I would easily start him every week. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. Yeah, for sure. And now we're actually going to turn to our bus now, Shane. How about you start us off with Todd Gurley? Yeah, a uh, bit of a question mark last year is, you know, he, for the last two years, everyone had really saw him as an MVP candidate. And I just don't know what has happened to him and this Rams offense this season. Uh, he only put up 7.3 points uh, against the Steelers, who is not the greatest defense in the league. But, I mean, like Minka Fitzpatrick has really come in uh, and helped them really get to another level. Uh, but it's weird that he had 73 yards rushing and only 7.3 points because he's a guy that we had always seen be uh, very similar to Christian McCaffrey and get a, a good amount of receptions out of the backfield. Um, one, one positive note that I can make is that uh, his snap count rose uh, this week, even though he did not get the performance he wanted. I mean, obviously he didn't find the end zone, and Jared Goff has been struggling recently. Uh, you know, you could easily see Jared Goff on this bus list, too. I, th- I think he only had 10 points this week. But, you know, this is a guy that everyone, there were some questions at the end of last year, especially surrounding his like this like weird knee injury and what happened in the Super Bowl. But he hasn't been the same since mid-year last year. No, and honestly... It's not, I don't think it's him, actually. And this is where it's like, the Rams are just a big mystery. And you never know who's going to pop off in their games. Sorry. You never know who's going to pop off in their games. You don't know who exactly is their go-to guy. Like most people would say Cooper Cup, but even he has some down weeks occasionally. So I almost actually traded for Todd Gurley earlier this year, and thank goodness I didn't. Is even though he might be averaging 4.1 yards per carry, which is really good actually the Rams for some mysterious reason do not want to give him the ball and his snap count or you did say his snap count is increasing but his touches are actually decreasing as that goes along and I don't know why the Rams are changing their ways of what they had in Todd Gurley from their Super Bowl run last year where he was a number three running back obviously he did have a little knee injury but he's looked decent when they give like he looks like what he did when they give him the ball and you can't put him in the running back one combo because he doesn't get receptions. He only has had one reception in the past three weeks. His total touches are decreasing. He's a borderline running back two at the most right now. As he he's, You're hopeful that he gets like 12 points in a game. He's a running back 24 right now in ranking, but he's just so inconsistent. Yeah, which is nothing that I'd ever thought that I'd see out of him. Yeah. It, uh, it's just mind-boggling that I really just don't know what's been going on with Todd Gurley and this Rams offense as, you know, Sean McVay, we all see him as an offensive genius as a coach, so I don't know. I think he, I think he just might, might be out thinking himself, but nonetheless, turn to our next guy now, Shane, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, uh, a guy that was a top five pick in almost every league. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously he had some speculation coming into the season. Um, halfway through the year now, he he's been... He's been a little confusing too. Like I, I, these are guys that we thought that they had been locked up to be guaranteed uh, good players, like Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott. But he only had 47 yards on 20 carries, which is a lack of production when he's on the field, but all for all but like two snaps uh, in the game. And this, you know, the Vikings defense 
it's not one to mess with. I mean, they're easily a top 10 defense in the league when healthy. But the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines, uh, if not the best, in the league when healthy. So I just I don't understand what has been going on with these running backs and how they're not they're being their lack of production and for some reason they're not finding themselves in the offense as more as you see the Cowboys are turning towards uh, Amari Cooper a lot more in the passing game and uh, even like Randall Cobb was getting some some they were targeting him more so I just don't know why the Cowboys would go away from a guy that wants to get paid and should be paid and I just don't see where the confusion is. I don't know if I exactly 100% agree with that and I think it's just I think he really just had kind of a like Zeke kind of just had a bad game Frankly, he saw 22 touches in the game, which is a lot of volume still. Um, the Cowboys, I do actually, I will agree, I think need to get more creative with their star. He really is just given bulldozing runs up the middle. They don't really bounce him outside a lot. And yes, he gets a few, his receptions have actually gone down throughout the year, but he still gets enough that it leaves him in an elite running back presence, which obviously he is he's a top eight running back right now and one bad game I don't think we really need to freak out the Vikings also have a solid defense you want to keep that in mind I'm not panicking about Ezekiel Elliott I think we're still going to see him be the guy that he is is 15 plus every single week just a bad week against a good team and yes he they weren't creative with him but I'm not worrying worrying about Ezekiel Elliott yeah, uh, getting into our last bust, Ian. We're going to go with Robbie Anderson, wide receiver for the Jets. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to rant real quick here. Um, <laughs> Robbie Anderson is one of, if not my least favorite fantasy player ever. People, some people love this guy. And it's they, they look at him and they go, oh, look at that. He had two touchdowns or two Hail Mary, to- or not Hail Marys, two home run touchdowns for and had like 34 points and was the number two fantasy wide receiver this week. Oh, he had a bad week next week. Oh, he had a bad week. Oh, look at him. He's back up to 17. Like, he's had five. He hasn't broken five catches all year. He gets no volume. One game over 12 points all year. One touchdown all year. Seven games under six points. Shane, I literally just read you the definition of boomer bust. And it's not even, it's not, I can't even call it boomer bust. It's practically just bust. He does, he's had one game where he went over 23 points. And he, in that game, he only had five catches, and he it was just a home run ball because he's super fast. But frankly, the Jets aren't even using him that much. He's almost like a decoy. He's yeah, exactly. He's basically just opening up lanes for Jamison Crowder, who's really turning it on now. They have uh, what's his name Herndon coming back at the tight end position, who I know Sam Darnold loves. How can you play Robbie Anderson in your lineup? And I know you have him, Shane. And I know you had to play him with A.J. Green and a bunch of other question marks. And you, I feel terrible for you, frankly. But Robbie Anderson, you, drop him. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. You know, he, I don't think he's going to start another game for me this week. I'd rather take a chance with someone else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, one catch for 11 yards. He was on the he was on the field for, you know, 50-plus plays, and he gets three targets. It just doesn't seem like he's much of a factor because I think they're just kind of using him to take out the number one cornerback and hope that they can have luck somewhere else. But, I mean, this Jets team, uh, they did win. They put up 34 points, and he only had one catch. That is a that is a lot of offensive production for a team, for your number one, your, you know, quote-unquote number one wide receiver to have one catch. Uh, obviously, you know, we're not dealing with the best team in the league. The Jets are nowhere even near that. But their offense actually looked good, and Sam Darnold actually looked good for one game. I mean, the, the Giants aren't the greatest team in the league, that being said, but 
one catch for 11 yards? No. He has one touchdown on the year. Shane, I, I, he's not good. <laughs> it's really frustrating to and, watch every week. I watch myself. And he lose. always gets drafted every year, and it makes no sense to me. For but, some, everyone puts hope into this guy. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, nonetheless, now that we're done with that, we'll move on to our starts now. Josh Allen, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, is my start for the one of my starts for the week. My go-to guy, one of our uh, standouts from last week. He's has the limited passing yards, but he loves the run. As I've, we've talked, we already did an analysis on him, so I'm not going to go too much into that. He adds so much value with his legs. He went for 202 yards and two uh, two scores and 32 rushing yards against Miami the first time. Miami's giving up 20 and a half fantasy points to quarterbacks. I, I don't know why you wouldn't start Allen. Yes, they're in Miami, and the Bills tend to struggle a little more in Miami, so that'll be interesting to see how they uh, turn up there. But I mean. Fa- as we already read his stats, Allen is kind of hot right now. Why not give him, ride him into this week? Yeah, uh, getting into my first start, I'm going to go with Tevin Coleman. Uh, if, you're, if you're not already starting him already, but I think there has been a bit of doubt uh, in the last couple of weeks as he struggled for the past two um, with a combined 16 uh, point, points per game over that span. But um, I just don't – I see, you know, he, that was against Arizona and Seattle, but they are playing Arizona again, but this time it's at home. Uh, and Matt Breida with an ankle injury could be out. So, I mean, uh, and obviously George Kittle, if if he's not playing, or Emmanuel Sanders, they look for Tevin Coleman to get a lot of touches that game, uh, especially coming off a game where Sam Fran kind of struggled, I would say, to move the ball. So I think they're going to look towards Tevin Coleman to hopefully, you know, re- re- revive this offense this week. Yeah, I really hope you're right. <laughs> and Arizona <laughs> has struggled uh, on the road this year. Yeah. Uh, secondly for me, Damian Williams, Chiefs running back, a name we haven't said since, we'll call it episode five, four, when we both said, Damian Williams, you cannot start with any trust. Finally, returning to his featured role as LaShawn McCoy is having fumbling issues. Andy Reid's got him on a chain. He's barely playing him. Damian Williams, heading to Mexico City, is going to have a chance to really go off. They're playing the Chargers, eighth easiest fantasy defense against running backs. Williams looked fantastic last week, broke off a really long run the week before. Man's red hot right now. I'm, I'm assuming Andy Reid's just going to keep giving him the football because why wouldn't you, right? Even when LaShawn McCoy is averaging more yards per carry, I mean, you got to ride the guy with the hot hand, and that's Damian Williams for now. So look for Damian Williams to pop off against a Chiefs or a Chargers team that is pretty friendly against running backs. Yeah, uh, my second start of the week is going to be um, DJ Moore versus the Atlanta Falcons. I think that um, he put up a combined 38 fantasy points in the last two weeks, and he has back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. So I think him and Kyle Allen have really gained a bond as, you know, there's going to be no more Cam Newton uh, for the rest of the season, at least. Maybe for the rest of Panther history, (laughs) huh? Who knows? Maybe they're moving on from QB1. Uh, I wouldn't complain if we're being honest. I know you would. Uh, But, you know, the Falcons' defense— did look good against Drew Brees last year, uh, last week, excuse me. But uh, they've given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, lined out out wide this season. So that's where DJ Moore is going to be, you know, taking majority of his of his snaps. And uh, it, they've allowed ten touchdowns to receivers. So I believe that I look for DJ Moore to have another a third in a row good week. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center, and no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. 
Give them a call today at 703-870-2487. It's funny that you say that because I actually have his uh, counterpart, Curtis Samuel, and I'm, I'm not trying to say um, <laughs> that he's not going to have a good week, Shane, but Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to actually pop off alongside, if not just do better, only because of the deep threat ball that Curtis Samuel provides instead of DJ Moore. And the Falcons get destroyed by speedy deep threats. They've shown that week in and week out. They're the eighth easiest fantasy team to opposing wide receivers. Samuel's primed for a major role in this game. And I think it's even if even with him not being the feature wide receiver behind DJ Moore, I think it's just going to be at some point there's going to be a second and short, maybe from like the 50. They just throw it. The game plan goes, hey, we're going to Curtis Samuel on this play. They can't guard him. So I think you should be very excited as a Panther fan this week because I think they're going to tear him up in the passing game as both of us have kind of already analyzed. I see you rubbing your hands together ready to go. Yeah, I mean, last week was kind of disappointing when Christian McCaffrey got stopped at the line. So yeah, that's hopefully heartbreak. I mean, uh, we lost to the freaking Cleveland Browns. So whatever. You but know, ups and downs of the NFL season. Ups and downs, but hey, six, six and three. We'll take it. Five and four. Uh, getting into our la- my last start, uh, Kyle Rudolph versus the Denver Broncos. He's been on absolute fire, scoring 11-plus fantasy points. He's in, looked great. In three of his last four games, he had that one-handed catch against Dallas. Um, I think Sick. I think that Minnesota had really gone away from him early on in the season, but now that Thieland uh, has been out uh, the last couple of weeks with the knee injury, if he's out again, look for them to use Kyle Rudolph as he's been reliable the last couple of weeks. And I think that um, in, a, in a tight end position that has been very weak this year, um, you know, even George Kittle and Kelsey have kind of been disappointments, I think, through the tight end position. And you're just looking for that guy to start uh, each week. I think Kyle Rudolph's a guy that you can easily slide into that position and maybe have a little bit of confidence in him next week. Yeah, I think you're right on that. And I never thought I would see Kyle Rudolph become fantasy relevant after the past couple seasons he's had. But nonetheless, here we are. Uh, I'm actually going to give another Viking here for my first sit, and that's going to be Kirk Cousins against Denver. And this feels like a Minnesota game that they're going to dominate a little bit here. And Dalvin Cook is just so good at football. <laughs> like, this man is elite. And if it wasn't for Christian McCaffrey, we're looking at a possible MVP at running back. As we've, I've seen on Instagram uh, ESPN stats comparing him, his first 10 games of this year, to Adrian Peterson's 2012 first 10 games as a Viking, where he won MVP. And his stats are actually better than AP's in that season. That was an insane season. But... Uh, focusing on this game, it's probably going to be a game where they go up early, so it's going to be a lot of run defense and uh, run stopping there. And Minnesota, or the Viking, or sorry, the Broncos are really good against quarterbacks. Uh, third best, only uh, giving up about 12 fantasy points per game, 11.9 to be exact. Kirk Cousins isn't a big volume passer. It's not going to be a shootout. It's not going to be a shootout because it's Denver. You never see them in a shootout. It's always low scoring. I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook. And we're going to see a lot of quick, quick slant stuff just to move the ball slightly downfield, field goal position, stuff like that. So for me, Kirk Cousins, you cannot start viably, even though he has really turned his season around. Yeah, my first sit of the week is going to be David Johnson. Uh, I think that, you know, they're going into San Fran, and I think that it's going to be a, a tough performance for, for anyone to go against that uh, 49ers defense, especially since how good, you know, like Nick Bosa has been. Um they played a great game against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up losing <laughs> because of the old that shanked field goal, which I terrible. You know, he made the first three, but I guess everyone's gonna remember the fourth. But David Johnson last week was actually benched for Kenyon Drake down the stretch. 
a guy that I saw go in the first round uh, a majority of the time uh, is now being benched for a guy that they added at the deadline, especially since you know he, he had five carries for two yards along with one catch for eight yards on one target, and he lost a fumble, and then you know you didn't see him the rest of the game. So I don't know how that's going to you know tur- turn out well for him if he's going up against you know a top three, if not top two defense. Yeah, I'll, I'm actually going to second that because one of my sits was a David Johnson as well. But going in, I mean, Kenyon Drake might be stealing his job because of health. David Johnson is a much more elite running back than Kenyon Drake is. I'm not trying to say he's not. And he's also up against the San Francisco defense. So let's paint this picture here. You have Kenyon Drake, who's playing nearly as an Austin Eckler role right now. David Johnson is a back spasms week in, week out, and you never know if he's going to be healthy. Sometimes he even leaves games halfway through. And you could be playing him against a team that is the third hardest against running backs. Like, it, none of it makes any sense to me. So David Johnson, you cannot start viably this week. And there's a chance they shut David Johnson down for the year, too. And you don't know if that could be in this game as well, or even if he's going to, frankly, play. Like, it could be really... It's really up in the air. So many question marks, and he doesn't have a good matchup. Like, all the arrows point to do not starting. And I'm actually going to just go into my next one since we actually shared that one. Robert Woods, wide receiver for the Rams. He's actually looked decent the past few weeks as we talked about. Almost anyone can pop off in this Rams offense. He's, I think he's going to cool off after this stretch. He plays the Chicago Bears, who's seventh best against opposing wide receivers. Goff has looked absolutely terrible in the past couple weeks now. I don't know if Goff can't be or isn't doing anything against the Bears. I don't see Woods doing anything against the Bears, especially when Cup is probably going to be the main target that's going to be focused upon, or even Everett, who's really coming to his own late here in the season. So for me, Robert Woods is not viable at all. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go and finish out my stidums. I'm going to start with uh, my second one, who is Mike Williams versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that Overall, everyone had a lot of hope for this guy coming out of Clemson. Um, you know, everyone had a lot of hope for this San Diego defense or uh, offense, excuse me. But Philip Rivers has not looked good, and Mike Williams burned fantasy owners uh, for like the, I don't know, the, probably the eighth time this year, where people have felt confident he's had a good matchup against an Oakland defense that has not been great, and I think he put up like seven points. Um, I I don't see how it could get any better when he goes into Kansas City, um, whose secondary has actually looked pretty solid this year, despite you know they gave up quite a few points to uh, the Titans' offense. But I'm that was so weird. <laughs> and he's only run 58 percent of his routes out wide, and I think that he really has not been a factor. They're looking towards Keenan Allen. They even have Eckler and Melvin Gordon both out of the backfield who have looked better in the passing game uh, than Mike Williams. And I just Philip Rivers' struggles also is a is another area of concern for me. And I just don't see how that, you know, leads to a guy you can feel confident in starting again. Um, my final sit of the week is going to be Marvin Jones versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he put up just 77 yards in his first game without Matthew Stafford under center. Um, and he could be in the same situation when the Cowboys come into Detroit. Uh, their defenses look really good, obviously, with uh, Leighton Vander Esch and Sean, Sean Lee. I think that it's going to be a tough matchup for them. I, I just, you know... I tend to doubt that anyone is on that Detroit offense is going to look good next week um, without Matthew Stafford. As you know, he started the hundred and something games in a row, and I think that you know any any team with a backup quarterback, you have to worry um, about wide receivers and just overall offensive production. And 
you know, he's going up against a Dallas defense that's allowed just three touchdowns and the eighth fewest fantasy points to receivers lined out wide this season. That's where Marvin Jones is going to be. So, Ian, if you'd like to jump right into your first waiver wire pickup. I would, and this is a really obvious one that I think is still Devontae Parker. He's only owned in 44% of league, Shane, and he's literally the only offense that Miami really has. I mean, they have obviously Fitzpatrick giving him the football, but he's gone over 50 receiving yards in every single game since week six, and he's actually gone 50 receiving yards in every single game except for week two against New England, where I believe he was injured uh, halfway through that game. But he has a touchdown in three of his last five games, and he's racking up targets like no one's business because he's got no competition, and they're always losing. So Devontae Parker, and he's still a good wide receiver too, so don't get me wrong, Devontae Parker is a week-in, week-out starter for me and is a must-pickup. Yeah, my first waiver wire pickup is actually Brian Hill, a guy that probably not a lot of people know, but, I mean, his, his current ownership is 45.6% in ESPN, but it's gone up 45% in, in the last week. So I think that, uh, you know, he put up 14 points last week against the Saints with Devontae Freeman out because of the toe injury. Then they're going up against, you know, he could be a guy that you potentially pick up and put in your flex spot right away as uh, he's playing up, going up against Carolina who just gave up three touchdowns to Aaron Jones and has surprisingly struggled against the run uh, in these in these past couple of weeks. So I just see, you know, stash this guy or potentially pick him up and throw him right into your flex because, you know, there's been a lot of wide receivers who have been struggling. So maybe if you can find another running back to fill that role, um, I think that that could really help you this week. And how about for me, my second waiver wire, Jacob Hollister, who? Yeah, me, me too. Uh, 10% ownership, backup tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. He's in number 48. Like, that, that you just know, like, you're irrelevant when that's your football number. But tell you what, this guy's really turning it on. And his first game as uh, Disley's replacement, four catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. Next game against San Francisco, eight receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. He's literally just filling into his role. He's not. He's shown that he can be a good tight end, and tight end is so rare to come by. And even though for some reason these past weeks tight ends have really found on the waiver wire have really turned it on. I mean, Hollister, Rudolph, and O.J. Howard have all really come into their own, and the Tennessee backup tight end have really all turned it into their own. I mean, any of those guys are good pickups, but Hollister for me I think has the best upside. And he is the lowest ownership. So give, give him an ad if you want a tight end for your playoff run, or even if you just have room. Like, he's a great stash. Yeah, uh, my my second uh, wave of wire pickup is J.D. McKissick. Um, another guy that I really just, no one, I don't think a lot of people knows, but we're getting to that point in the year where most of the you know potential sleepers we see um, are really off the waiver wire. And this is a guy who put up 11.5 points last week and is only owned in 18.8% of ESPN fantasy leagues. Um, right now, he you know he he's not the main guy in Detroit as obviously Carryon Johnson is injured right now. But I think that he's a guy that you know if he if he picks up the production, um, they may look towards the uh, the rushing game a little more as you know they're they're not they're also without Matthew Stafford. So I think this is a guy that could potentially get a, a good amount of points. Um, in these next couple of weeks, I think that this is a guy that you could easily look and maybe stash. And I know that right now wide receivers are at an 
a, a big struggle, but I think there's a lot of running backs out there. I think that McKissick is easily one of those guys. Yeah, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna start us off with Ryan Tannehill, or sorry, end us with Ryan Tannehill. Frankly, um, who would have thought that Marcus Mariota would be riding the pine at some point in this season? And I really did not see this coming. But Ryan Tannehill has looked elite. He uh, has put up at least eighteen point eighteen point nine fantasy points every single game since becoming the starter. He only has three interceptions in that time, so he protects the ball pretty well and he's thrown for over two touchdowns in every single game except for one against and that was against Carolina but he still put up 333 yards and had a rushing touchdown in that game so he is really been solid so far and if you need a quarterback for your team for some reason the Titans offense actually looks potent and it's really come along since Tannehill's taken over and that's something we haven't seen in a Titan team for years and he's only owned in about 20 percent of ESPN leagues. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I, I, anyone who's owned in about 20%, more than likely he's in your league available. I think you should go get him. Uh, my final person is going to be Debo Samuel, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. He put up 19.2 points last week on eight on eight catches for 112 yards. Uh, very quick rookie out of South Carolina. I think that with Emmanuel Sanders being week-to-week week because of the rib injury last week, I think that this gives him an opportunity uh, to really show himself, and maybe maybe he makes himself a, an important piece of this offense. And going forward, he could be used more and more. Uh, I like him for the next couple of weeks if uh, Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to be 100%. I think that maybe he can you know, really earn his spot on this 49ers offense. Uh, I think that going forward, he's only owned in 15.1% of leagues, so if you can get him now, um, he could have tremendous upside, especially since he's so young. Yeah, 100%. And that's actually all for today's show. Make sure to check out DHS Press for all the news that Titans needs to know. Thank you. Hello, this is Shane Riley, a co-host of Season Saviors. This podcast is sponsored by Sterling Dental Center. And no matter how bad of a fantasy GM you are, they can always put a smile back on your face. They look to serve patients with the highest quality dental care possible. Give them a call today at 703 870 2487.